Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball, let the ball with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here, for fresh conversations, and some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the claw, and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, grab your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and please don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go. Calvin, it's Friday. We both forgot it was Aloha Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, but sure it's, uh, it's a well, special it's Friday. Friday the 13th. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a special Friday. We made it through the week, everyone. Congratulations. Welcome in to the show today. We have a very busy show today. We have some injury updates on Danny Green, Robert Williams, Otto Porter Jr. We're going to recap both games from yesterday. That's right. We're going to talk about the Sixers getting eliminated, Dallas beating uh, Phoenix and forcing a Game 7. We're going to talk about Philadelphia going fishing and uh, who they might bring back from their fishing trip and who they might leave at the cabin at the lake. <laughs> and then we're going to give a couple previews on today's games, uh, a quick insight into the weekend, and then we're going to finish the show, as always, with Q&A with you guys, the Barflies. So welcome in, everybody. That's right. Calvin, how's your Friday so far? Oh, it's great. Got yeah. NBA bas- playoff basketball to watch. I see you rocking the Warriors jersey today. I'm, tr- I'm trying to rub off a little bit of Miami, my Miami Heat magic on this game six for the Warriors tonight. Every yeah. time I wore my Dwayne Wade jersey, they won. So, Clay, need a big game from you tonight. Warriors got to win this one. You just don't want to do a shot of Jameson, right? I don't want to do a shot of and Jameson. What was that that's, bet the, again? that's the Maverick series. What was the bet again on that one? If the Mavs advance, I have to do a shot. Oh, yeah, Maverick. Mavericks advance. Okay. And then they could be facing Memphis or Golden State, whoever advances. So uh, Yeah. You know, it's crazy. My Dallas-Memphis Western Conference Finals prediction might actually come true. Wow. Wow. Too bad you didn't put it on your picks. I know. I should have. <laughs> should have put a lot of money on that two years ago. What's up, Steven? Good to see you here. Welcome back. We have an awesome show today. So, uh, Calvin, let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. First off... Many people probably didn't watch the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> game yesterday. It was a good game. It was close. Uh, well, it wasn't as close as the score uh, makes you think. Yeah, Miami but it was up 20 in that fourth quarter. So It was a game. Yeah. It, it wasn't what we've become accustomed to with these like 30, 35-point blowouts. Uh, but we did see Danny Green go down in this game. Uh, unfortunate injury. Joel Embiid uh, ran into him or fell on his oh, leg. Yeah, rolled up on his leg. That's a big guy that, to fall on. That you. probably felt pretty horrible. Right? They carried him off the court here. Calvin, you have any updates on that? Yeah, he was officially diagnosed with a torn ACL and LCL this morning after undergoing an MRI. Um, it's going to be a long road back for Danny Green. We hope, uh, we wish and hope him a speedy recovery and, and a full recovery. Yeah, it's unfortunate. These injuries that happen this late in the season can definitely jeopardize your availability for next season. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Danny oh, I, Green. I don't think he's playing a game next year, that's for sure. Hopefully, uh, you know, he can do something. The unfortunate part is he does have a partially guaranteed contract next season, so the Sixers might just end up buying him out or waiving him. Uh, but the dude's 34 years old, and he's got three championships. He's made a ton of money uh, in his NBA career, so Either way, I think he'll be okay. Uh, it's just more of like life after basketball at this point. We don't want anybody to be uh, sidelined or have issues walking or anything like that, enjoying time with their kids, all that stuff. But I do think he'll make it back to the NBA. A guy that can shoot like that, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. But we'll see what happens. 
We'll see. Maybe he decides he doesn't want to play anymore. I, he's been in the league a long time. Yeah, yeah, I that's true. Uh, he could go the the JJ Redick route or the right. the Tom Brady route. Uh, these deals are just <clears throat> outrageous that these guys are signing to be commentators nowadays. Well, in football, yes. Yeah. All right. Next up, Robert Williams, questionable for Game Six. What's going on there, Cal? Uh, still dealing with knee soreness. You know, he, he was recovering from he had. Uh, surgery towards the end of the season to repair torn meniscus um, kept him out. The soreness in his knee kept him out of game five, and he is still listed as questionable here just under an hour before tip-off. So just have to keep our eye on that, probably be a game-time decision. Yes. Uh, we know that Al Horford's been playing pretty good. Uh, he had 30 points in Robert Williams' first game out in this series, uh, but I definitely think they need him back. Uh, if they're going to push this to a game seven, um, he just does too much for them inside. Having that defensive presence, uh, we saw it not really like limited Giannis, but it makes his job much harder. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, and Al Horford struggled in game five after having a, a career playoff high 30 in game four. So uh, if Horford is going to play like that, it, like he played in game four, then they might not need Robert Williams at all. But yeah. He's got to play big for them. Which Al Horford's going to show yeah. up. Uh, what's going on with Otto Porter? <clears throat> Otto Porter Jr. is also a game-time decision tonight for Game 6. He is dealing with, where are we here? He is still dealing with a, a foot soreness in his foot. Um, it, he was a limited participant in the team's shoot-around this morning. Uh, he, of course, he's missed a, a game or two in this, I think one game already in this series because of this injury. Returned for game five uh, in a limited role and kind of re-aggravated the injury. So they're they're just monitoring uh, how he can cope with the, the pain, basically, and another game-time decision. Yeah, I know you're probably rooting for him when you got that jersey on. They need some <laughs> more bench production on this Warriors team if Draymond Green's going to be not score, and uh, Steph is going to continue to struggle shooting the ball. But we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a big game, uh, much-needed win, in my opinion, by the Warriors. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, Calvin, let's talk about yesterday's games. Two games. First off, Miami heads to Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler's game uh, eliminates the Sixers. We see Embiid go home. Uh, James Harden, unfortunately, goes home, and Doc Rivers... Uh, seems to be returning. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But Miami wins 99-90. to 90. Jimmy Butler, just as I predicted, had a very big game for them, 32 points, 12 points for P.J. Tucker, 10 for Bam Adebayo, 20-11 and 11 for Matt Struss. He's been playing absolutely incredible. 10 points for Tyler Hero off the bench. And then as far as the Sixers go, 14 uh, and 8 for Tobias Harris, the Jimmy Butler replacement. 20 and 12 for Joel Embiid. 20 for Tyrese Maxey. 11 points, 4 rebounds, and 9 assists for James Harden. Only takes 9 shot attempts in this game. Does not have a single shot attempt in the second half. I think he was 0 for 2 in the second half. Okay, didn't Two make a shot. shot. attempts. Okay. Crazy game, Calvin. Yeah, I mean... If you're the 76ers, you you got to be pretty disappointed. Like th this is the entire reason why you brought James Harden to this team. This is why we said before the post postseason started that James Harden was the player with the most to prove, the most pressure on him, and he appears to have folded under that pressure. I, I mean, it, it's one thing if you are, are out there, you know, really giving it a, a legit effort, and you you just can't make shots, or you you turn the ball over, you can't make plays down the stretch, but only two shot attempts in the second half. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. It's not like he ended with 20 assists or anything. Yeah, um, Nine is not a bad number by uh, by any means, but look, you're down and beads hurt. Uh, you're a, uh, an MVP, a scoring champion, one of the best players supposedly in this game. You've got to play better than this. Yeah. Yeah, after the game, Joel Embiid in his post-game press conference said, you know, James Harden is not what everybody expects him to be anymore. He's more of a facilitator. He's more of a passer. I don't know if that was a shot at James Harden because it didn't seem like it was at the time. 
Uh, but when I'm just hearing myself say that, it's like, okay, he's not the scorer that they brought him in to be. He's more of a facilitator. But for me, ultimately, this game just comes down to the fact that Philadelphia's had a really tough season. They've been up and down. There's been a lot of injuries. Uh, there's been drama with players bringing guys in and out of the lineup. This Miami Heat team has been together for a few years now. They have an awesome coach. I think, what was he celebrating, like 27 years or something <coughs> that he's been with the franchise? Mm-hmm. Actually started a few months before Pat Riley. Um, but this overall just is more of a Miami Heat win than a Sixers loss to me. Yeah, I mean, if it what Joel Embiid said might be true, but if that's the case, if it is true, then... Philadelphia made a horrible trade to get this guy. You gave up your best shooter. They mm-hmm. desperately needed shooting in this series. Oh, it was yeah. obvious. Every game that they won, or both games that they won, they shot the ball really well from outside. And they needed another center, and too. And they needed backup center, <laughs> which they also traded away to get James Harden. Yep. So, yeah, they, they put themselves in a very difficult spot here. I think there was also some first-round picks included in that deal yes, as well. Yes, there were. Uh, We'll talk about the Philadelphia 76ers rebuild here in a little bit after we're done recapping the games. But, yeah, I I just want to, you know, I I don't want to throw a bunch of shade at Philadelphia. I more want to, like, shine the light on Miami and how good they've been. We talked about they ended that season with some of their uh, leaders getting into it on the bench. That seemed to propel them forward here. Uh, But you just look at this Miami team, and it's like some of these guys, like, Vincent Struss, like, who are these guys? You didn't oh, really Miami know. Miami is the master of were. the undrafted player. Yeah, I mean, and I, then they have like six, I think, undrafted players on this roster. They just set these guys up for success and and put them in the right position to play well. I'm going to say it again: twenty points and uh, eleven rebounds for Matt Struss, which is crazy. Uh, Victor Oladipo, only four points for him in this game, but we've seen quite a few productive performances from him this year in the playoffs. They've kind of rebuilt his career. Uh, Tyler Hero has not played up to his expectations, but they haven't really needed him to be that guy. We talked about uh, Denard Robinson and what they expect from him. Um, and Or, sorry, Duncan Robinson. And uh, Denard Robinson, another shout out, Michigan Wolverine, yeah, ex-quarterback. Yeah. Sorry, Duncan Robinson. I'm I'm on uh, football here. Yep. Um, he hasn't really been himself either. So it just goes to show how deep this Miami Heat team is, and I just feel like they're going to the championship game. Uh, I do or games series. Yeah, I mean, as uh, Lee Corso likes to say, not so fast, my friend. They still got to get past either Boston or Milwaukee. That's going to be a tough, tough series, a tough out, I think, either way, right? Like, that should be – we should have a good Eastern Conference Finals no matter what the uh, the outcome is there. But, yeah, you're right. Miami, they've been uh, a complete team all year long. They really do have to shoot well, I think, in order to keep advancing. That's been part of their MO all season long. They, mm-hmm. they were the number one three-point shooting percentage team. Um, during the regular season, but they have all the pieces that you need to make it to the finals. They've got a, a leader in Jimmy Butler who can give you whatever you need on any given night. They have a great cast of role players, the sixth man of the year, Bam Adebayo, who is, you know, a lot of people think a defensive player of the year snub, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got everything they need. Uh, they They just have to continue doing what got them here and, and playing well, both offensively and defensively. Just want to point out here, you got Miami beating Philadelphia in seven games. Uh, yes, missed it by one game. And uh, that was with a healthy Joel Embiid, though. I got Miami beating Philadelphia in six games. So congratulations, one win for Barry. I get one yep. every once in a while. Get so one every it, once in a while. It feels pretty good. Come on, Bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, just going back to the picks real quick. I know Phoenix looks like they're in trouble right now, and we'll talk about them here next. But. I picked Miami and Phoenix to go to the finals. It'd be pretty interesting because it's the two teams that basically lost in the finals the last two seasons, right? Like, yep. 
it, it'll be pretty interesting to see. And congratulations to uh, those oh, guys. Tanvir, shout out in the chat. What's up, bud? What's up, Tanvir? Good uh, for you to join us here on the day show. We're having a lot of fun. We're talking about the games. We appreciate you joining in. Also want to remind you and everyone else that's watching right now, we are giving away a $250 Fanatics gift card. Go to our profile, click on the video, follow the instructions. It's really short. It's really easy. And you will be entered to win uh, that $250 Fanatics gift card, which at this pace, Calvin, is maybe good for one jersey, uh, half a jersey. We'll see yeah. what inflation does to us in the next <laughs> few months here. Anything else you want to mention about this Miami-Philadelphia uh, game before we move on? Uh, the better team won. You know, I think it's unfortunate that Joel Embiid, unfortunate that he uh, his body kind of failed him or, or he, he had injury problems down the stretch. Yeah. It's a... Uh, small blemish on what was truly an amazing season for him. You know, you talked earlier about wanting to make it more about Miami winning this series than Philadelphia collapsing or losing at the end. Um, and I I hope that people still appreciate a lot of shade is going to get thrown on this Sixers team, on Doc Rivers. It, yeah. That stuff piles up over the years, James Harden. But Embiid had a phenomenal year this year. He proved a lot of people wrong in terms of his durability, being able to play through injuries, all that stuff. MVP candidate all year long. Um, he really was special for them this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, unfortunately, the hits keep coming for him. Uh, you know, get elbowed to the face, all that stuff, yeah. not winning MVP, uh, now getting eliminated here. He said that winning a championship was the goal, uh, which should always be the goal, especially if you're a great player. It's unfortunate to see guys like Charles Barkley and Shaq, you know, continue on national television to put this guy down, uh, which I get it. You know, they're big men. They they like him. They they want him to do better. Um, but in my mind, Joel Embiid has absolutely zero blame for this Philadelphia 76ers season. I he agree. is the only guy that showed up every single game that he could and was there. So shout out to Joel Embiid. Uh, like Calvin said, this is a very small blemish, a small speed bump. Uh, use it as motivation, and uh, let's see you back next year even stronger. Yep. All right, so let's talk about the second game on Thursday. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Calvin. I actually was driving during this game, so I didn't get to watch the whole game, um, but I watched highlights when I got home, and I was astounded. Uh, to see the score, I was checking in on Chris Paul's stats throughout the game, and I was like, uh-oh, what's going <laughs> on with this guy? He He's still averaging more fouls and turnovers than shot attempts, which is absolutely wild. Phoenix heads to Dallas. I haven't heard about any unwanted hugs yet or any yeah, altercations I haven't heard about uh, any in the stands, either. so that's good news. That's a step in the right direction. But Dallas wins this game, 113-86. Another blowout, Calvin. Uh, and they tie the series 3-3. Now they're heading back to Phoenix for a game seven. Luka Doncic, as you and I mentioned, were was going to have an amazing game. I think you called a 30-point triple-double. so close. And it was so almost close. there. Uh, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals. Only one turnover for him in this game. He played absolutely incredible. 18 points for Jalen Brunson, 19 for Reggie Bullock, uh, and 15 off the bench off the bench for Spencer Dinwiddie. Looking here at the Suns, Jay Crowder made it back onto the court after leaving the last game with a shoulder injury. Nine points for him. Uh, Bridges only seven points. 21 and 11 for DeAndre Ayton. He led the Suns in scoring and rebounding. 13 points for Chris Paul. Two rebounds, four assists, five turnovers, and he was in foul trouble in this game with five fouls. 19 points for Devin Booker. And then, like, no production off the bench for them. 17 yeah. points combined off of the six guys coming off the bench. Calvin, first thoughts on this game. Well, you didn't uh, also didn't mention Devin Booker with eight turnovers last night. That's thirteen combined between him and Chris Paul. They they together have turned the ball over a lot in this series. I loved what Dallas did right from the beginning of the game. the The game plan was anytime Devin Booker gets the ball, we double team him immediately. 
Um, unless, of course, he, he was in transition, you know, and they couldn't quite get a double team. That's how he, he ended up getting most of his eight points in the first quarter anyway, was on quick uh, secondary break or, or transition shot attempts. But they, give Dallas a lot of credit. We said in order for them to win this game, um, Luka would have to be Luka, which we know that he's going to be at this point. Um, the, the Suns have no answer for him. If he were able to shoot, you know, 40% from three, mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix may not have won a single game in this series. I, I don't know. Um, but this game, a lot like game five of the Golden State and Memphis series, it was about turnovers for me. 22 turnovers for Phoenix. I think that's the exact same number that the Warriors had in game five. And Dallas yep. took great care of the basketball. Only six turnovers for them. Um, and they made threes. We said they'd have to make, what, at least 13 or 14 threes. They mm-hmm. end up with 16 in this game. Um, Reggie Bullock was the, the guy in this one. We've seen Dorian Finney-Smith be the, that extra uh, help in terms of three-point shots in this series. We've seen Maxi Kleber do it. We've seen Bertans do it. Today, or last night, it was Reggie Bullock who went 5 of 11 from three. So the, the Mavericks did what they had to do. Now... It, the question is, can they actually win a game on the road? No team yep. has won a road game yet in this series. What is going on with Chris Paul? I got no answers for that. I really don't. I mean, it's it'd be one thing if he was shooting like, you know, 0 for 6 every game or 2 for 8, um, but he's not. It, 4 of 7 in this game, 3 of 5 from 3. Yeah. He's just not getting up shot attempts. It, it, he's He's still being too passive with the ball, I think. Um, and the turnovers are, are the really, obviously, uncharacteristic thing. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I've seen him throw some passes that guys aren't even ready for mm-hmm. or aren't even expecting, um, which is totally uncharacteristic of that offense and of Chris Paul. So I, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. You said yesterday he maybe he's hurt. He, maybe he is, and we don't know about it. Yeah, it, it's weird. You, you mentioned the turnovers. It's the fouls, too, right? Yeah. Like. When do guys foul, especially guards? It's when they're they're one step slow, or they're behind, or they're trying to catch up. the The one thing about the fouls, though, it both teams they're going after spe- they're targeting specific players on defense. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is clearly targeting Luca. They're trying to get him in pick and roll yep. so he can switch onto Devin Booker every time. Dallas is doing the exact same thing, but with Chris Paul, they want. Chris Paul switched on to Luka so that he can back him down in the post. And the, and Paul has gotten a lot of fouls that way. Yeah. Yeah, Hall of Fame point guard and Chris Paul facing off against Hall of Fame point guard and head coach <laughs> with the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, Jason Kidd has drawn up some uh, special play, maybe the Paul rules or something like that. Uh, it's interesting. The question I have for you, Calvin, do you think, you know, the lack of Devin Booker in the first round put a, maybe a little bit more pressure on Chris Paul and maybe he's a little worn out at this point? Uh, it could be, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it could be a lot of things. Uh, just like we're seeing with James Harden, maybe Chris Paul is regressing a little bit at, before our very eyes. Um, I don't don't know how much stock I put into that because he's had some really great games in this postseason as well, which then makes me think, okay, maybe he is dealing with some injury that's bothering him more than than we're, you know, seeing out there. Um, But I I also think both these teams have had really good game plans for each other in the the games that they've won, right? They've played really well at home. They've played to their strengths. um, And the the key individual matchups in this series have been really important. That switch – pick and roll offense from both teams um, has put both Luca and Chris Paul in some really unfavorable situations mm-hmm. that both Dallas and Phoenix have been able to take advantage of. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the answer is or the remedy here for Chris Paul is for me. I just want him to get more shot attempts up. Like yeah. I, I think he needs to be more aggressive and look to score more. If there's an injury that's holding him back from doing that, then I, I'm not sure what the answer is. but Well, there's not a better situation than Game 7 to be yeah. more aggressive. Uh, Dallas wins this game, forces Game 7 in Phoenix. Tonight we have Memphis facing off against Golden State, trying to force a Game 7. 
we saw Memphis completely humiliate the Warriors in the last game. They could potentially win this game and force a game seven. If that does happen here, Calvin, who has more to lose in a game seven, Phoenix or Golden State? It's Phoenix for me. I think the the answer is easy to this question. First of all, the Warriors, you know, most of their team, do they? What do they really have left to prove? Right, like mm-hmm. this. The Warriors are almost a feel good story yep. at this point. They had they went through money. the yeah went through the tough injury down years. Uh, Draymond, Clay, and Steph eleven minutes played together in three seasons, um, and now they're back. Right, and they have all this young talent too that that is up and coming as well. Phoenix, to me, yes, they still have a good young core, Booker and Ayton, hopefully. like that That's the big question mark, right? There's no guarantee that DeAndre Ayton will be back on this team. Yep. Uh, obviously, the, I think the Suns want him to be back, but, you know, dynasties are hard to build, right? Like mm-hmm. the, There's a lot of teams that have a couple good, good seasons, and then they dissolve. What's Chris Paul going to look like next year? Um, he's the one with the legacy question, right? Like he needs this ring to validate his career yep. uh, in some people's minds, not in my mind. But uh, so Phoenix is definitely the team with more to lose here, in my opinion. What do you think about a sign and trade DeAndre Ayton for Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, wow. We know that Towns and Booker are good yep. friends. If Phoenix does get eliminated in this game seven, I think they're almost back to the drawing board, maybe not starting from scratch, but saying we need to tweak this roster here a little bit. If Towns tells um, the Timberwolves that he wants out and he wants to leave, there's not much of a better, uh, you know, consolation prize than a guy like DeAndre Ayton. What are your thoughts on a trade like that? Um, my thought, my first thought is that Minnesota's not getting the fair end of that trade. I like DeAndre Ayton a lot, mm-hmm. um, but I think if you put Carl Anthony Towns on this Phoenix team, that's they're going to be much better for a lot longer than Minnesota will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, you know, we're in the age of player empowerment where it seems yeah. like players get to choose where they want to go. They force trades, stuff like that. Maybe Phoenix would have to give up a couple of these young players, some draft picks to make something happen. But I keep an eye on that in the offseason because if this team loses in Game 7, they don't make it back to the finals or the conference finals, there might be some retooling to be had there. That owner's been reluctant to spend money in the past. He just re-signed Chris Paul to a big deal. Uh, He might be scratching his head here and saying, I need to make some changes. Yep, yep. Speaking of changes... Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Sixers. Let's dive in. Um, they're going fishing after getting eliminated yesterday. Let's talk about what they need to do this offseason to get better. Daryl Morey has already come out to uh, say Doc Rivers will be back as head coach next season. We know in the past, uh, you know, he's also been involved, Doc Rivers, in making personnel moves, stuff like that. Daryl Morey is a well-respected and known GM around the league. Um, however, this James Harden trade... And let's not forget, Elton Brand is still technically the GM of this yeah. team. <laughs> but this uh, James Harden trade... I don't trade know how many decisions he's making. But. Might be putting Morey in some hot water, maybe even more hot water than the whole China situation uh, <laughs> yeah. that we saw. Looking here at the numbers, James Harden has a player option for next season. For $46.8 million. He's 32 years old. Is he going to opt out of this to try and sign a long-term deal? Or is he going to opt in and then try and rebuild his value next season so that he can get one big, huge last contract? I'm not really sure, but it's a lot of money to take up for the Sixers. That's almost or over a third of their cap space. They also have Tobias Harris making $38 million next season, $40 million the season after that. Joel Embiid, $33 million next season, all the way up to $54 million in 2026-2027. Danny Green, we mentioned, uh, could potentially miss all of next season. 
He is partially guaranteed at $10 million. I think he's probably going to be the first person to be cut, which is tough because this team has struggled to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. He's one of their best three-point shooters, but if he's not available, they need to move on. He's already 34 years old uh, and dealing with a pretty serious knee injury here. Uh, then you got Korkmaz at $5 million. Uh, and then kind of just a bunch of other guys here. I mean, Matisse Thibel's got, uh, you know, a last year of his rookie deal at 4.3. Tyrese Maxey's going into the third year of his rookie deal at 2.7. Um, and then you just kind of have a bunch of guys that you're not really sure what you're going to expect from them. Calvin, what does this team need to do this offseason to get back to glory? Well, or to complete for, the process. The, yeah, to complete the process. The the first and easiest answers to this question are Joel Embiid's got to get healthy, right? He has to return um, at full strength for training camp next season. They have to figure out what they're going to do with James Harden. I mean, he might make it easy on them and, and opt in to that last year of his deal. Uh, if he does, then, you know, like you mentioned, they, they're a little handicapped cash-wise. If he does not opt in to that deal, then it gets, starts to get interesting because yeah. do you offer him the max contract after the the end of season performance that he just had, not just in this one game, but really the last like two months of the season? I mean, he had, I think, five or six really good games with Philadelphia when he first got traded from Brooklyn, but after that, it was pretty much the whole way through like when are we going to see the real James Harden and Mm -hmm. we never really did again except for very very brief moments so in my opinion I would not be offering him a max deal right now because I think the last year of that contract if they offer it to him is worth like 61 million dollars or something and he'll be 37 38 years old maybe at that point crazy that's absurd uh so if I'm Daryl Morey, who he has already said he wants, he's hoping that James Harden will be back next season. You've got to figure out a way to restructure that deal, or uh, not restructure it because it, it doesn't exist yet, but to make it uh, f- cap friendly for this team because they need more pieces. They need more shooting. Yep. Um, if James Harden's going to be a facilitator and not a scorer, first of all, you got to figure out how is Tyrese Maxey is his role really to play off the ball? He's a, he can do it. He's, he showed this year that he can mm-hmm. uh, be effective at catch and shoot. I think he finished the year third in three-point percentage at like 43%. So he, ha- he made a huge jump. You're going to need him to take another big one. But is that the right fit in the backcourt, Harden and Maxey? Um, and then around them, yeah, you need more shooters. You're going to have to, to f- go out and find guys. Um, that will contribute and, and be like 3 and D wings. I think they're pretty well set in terms of the starting lineup, um, but they definitely need bench depth. They need a, a backup center for yep. Joel Embiid. Yep. I like Paul Reed. I think they've got something there uh, as a second-round pick. I think he can help them in spots. I'm not expecting him to be like a star next year or anything, um, but I also don't see him as a backup five. I, I think he would be much better served playing the four. So they need to fill out bench depth, three and D wings, like the, exactly what they gave up to yep. get James Harden is what they need back. <laughs> yeah. They have a very, very tough off season here. Uh, they're pretty strapped. If you let James Harden walk and sign a max deal somewhere else, you're basically left with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, and Tyrese Maxey out of your entire process yeah which is not horrible no it's not but that team's not winning a championship no so what do you do with James Harden are you pretty much stuck with him at this point I don't think you're going to be able to trade him if he opts in for 46 million dollars no one's going to trade for that contract maybe you're better off having him opt out and signing a front-loaded deal uh, we know Maury has been very creative with contracts when he was with Houston. Uh, I think he stole Jeremy Lim and Omar Ashik or Ashik, however you want to pronounce it, by giving them the so-called poison pill contract. Um, but maybe you have James Harden opt out and you say, hey, James, we're going to sign this new deal. We're going to give you $47 million next season. But the year after that, you're making 40 
and the year after that you're making 30 or 35. Maybe they can work something like that. I'm not quite sure. I think that James Harden basically has the keys to this franchise at this point. Like he he has all the power in my opinion. Um if this team does want to improve, I might consider looking to trade a guy like Tobias Harris. He's only 29 at this point. Yes, he makes 38 million next season and 40 the season after that. But he's the only guy I'm really looking at this on this roster where I'm like, you could probably get back some pieces for this guy. I don't know if you're going to do that with James Harden. I'm not trading Joel Embiid unless he wants out and I'm getting you know, something incredible in return. Maybe you can move a guy like Matisse Thibel, uh, a yeah, defensive that, stopper who hasn't really done much for you offensively. Uh, he's got one year left on his rookie deal, but then there's some concerns too. If you're trading for him, what are you going to have to pay this guy to get him to stay with your franchise? So yeah. uh, it, it's kind of similar to you know some of these other rookie deals. Not that he's anywhere close to Marvin Bagley, but the Kings moved on because they weren't sure what they were going to have to pay him next season. Uh, we saw Detroit, um, you know, jump on that. They're taking a gamble to see what happens. I think you've hit it with Tyrese Maxey. So I'm on my mind, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid are the two guys on my roster next year. And I'm trying to figure out how I can move the rest of these pieces to find a third guy. Or I need to have a serious conversation and say, James, are you going to be the third guy? Because if you are, I need you to opt out and we need to sign a team friendly deal. Yeah. To bring in some more talent. So much of what they do with this team next year revolves around how much money they're going to pay James Harden. Yep. Uh, like that. Unfortunately, they've dug themselves a pretty deep hole when they traded for him. Um, yeah, I I like this comment here. The 76ers have become the early 2000s Kings. A lot of talent, but a lot of bad luck. A lot of that bad luck is also self-inflicted, right? I mean, yeah. they they chose as Jimmy Butler reminded us yesterday. They chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. Yep. They chose James Harden over Ben Simmons. I don't know if there was really a right answer in that scenario i mean for me it was they waited so long to trade him which is what doomed their season yeah if they would have just taken one of those other deals at the start of the year i think they would have been in a much better position uh at the start of the year yes yeah if they never made a move though like if if they never traded for james harden do you think they get out of the first round against toronto that's tough uh depending on injuries, possibly. Um, but I'm just saying that, that they needed to move on from Ben Simmons earlier, yeah. right no, away. I agree with that 100%. Get whatever they yes. could have got for him, salvage the situation, not let him hold them them hostage. And now James Harden's holding your team hostage. It's, it's a very tough position for them. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Morey definitely gambled on this season, and he lost. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, hindsight is all like you can go back. They could have drafted Jason Tatum. Yep. Uh, they could have not drafted Markel Fultz. Like there, there's yep. a whole bunch of things that they could, could have, have done. Held differently. on to Jimmy Butler. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. A lot of a lot of interesting things happening in Philadelphia, and they should have a pretty interesting offseason. But we do know that Doc Rivers is back. I'm assuming Joel Embiid will be back. Uh, not a bad start. But they need to no, make some better moves. than a lot of other teams in the league are currently. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, Cal. Let's uh, one more question real quick before we move on to uh, you know the previews of today's games. There's been a lot of talk about you know off season building your team. There's a lot of young players in the league. I saw we had someone post a question in our chat a couple days ago asking about some young players and who you would build your team around. So I want to know from you, Calvin, out of the young stars remaining uh, in this year's postseason, who would you rather build your team around? Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Ja Morant, or Devin Booker? Well, I think it's safe to say that if you get any one of those four guys, you're off to a very good start, right? Yep. Like, the, they're all going to be tremendous players in the league for a long time. Um, for me, though, the answer to the question is actually pretty easy. I'm taking Jason Tatum. Okay. And I'm taking Tatum because 
he's one of the even though they're all very young uh he's actually got you know one of the better resumes like he's been in the league already a number of years he's made an eastern conference finals uh he's had multiple postseason runs but he start he is starting to look like uh what prime jason tatum is going to look like and that's a scary thought for the rest of the league this guy Mm -hmm. can do everything he doesn't really have many weaknesses to his game i think he can be one of the best defenders in the league uh he's so versatile and so long he can guard positions one through four pretty much automatically um and he is a phenomenal offensive talent as well and that's the separation for me luca is a a great player um, but he's not a, a great defender yet for me um i still think he he makes some questionable dis- shot selection decisions. He's not a good enough three-point shooter uh, to be taking some of those shots there in key moments for his team. Um, and like I said, he doesn't get it done defensively. So, And John Morant, I- I've been on Team Morant since his days at Murray State. I, I love the guy. Yeah. But this year you're starting to see what the, the question marks or the-, the problems perhaps could be with starting a franchise around John Morant his durability he plays so recklessly mm-hmm. how much longer is his body going to be able to hold up i don't normally like going down that path because i don't like to assume a player is going to get hurt yeah um but we did see him have multiple knee injuries this season he's been lucky that he hasn't had anything serious happen yet it's just a question mark that's going to come up over and over again when you play that style uh with a, a slender smaller frame like that so to me, it's got to be Tatum. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in the fact that I don't think there's a wrong answer here, right? Yeah. A lot of good young players. Um, I honestly think that John ja Morant could potentially end up being the best player out of this group, but I'm concerned as well. Uh, I don't want to jinx him at all. I, I don't wish any ill will on John ja Morant because I love watching him. He's He's – so good but I'm seeing some similarities between him and Derrick Rose with the Chicago Bulls in the terms of the early success the amazing play uh, he just seems to be getting better at such an, an excelling pace that just continues to get better and better and better but you're right it's the reckless ad- abandonment with his body the way that he plays that's not a knock on him. It's just how long can your body really survive that? Yeah. One of the things I find so impressive about a guy like Russell Westbrook is that he plays in the same way, and the dude has been so durable. He didn't miss a single game, high school, college, yeah. NBA, until he got undercut by Pat He's, Bev. His body is built a little differently than yeah. Derrick Rose and John Morant. Ended but up, you're right. You're ended right. up with some some knee injuries that have been kind of lingering and stuff like that, but he's he's remained relatively healthy. I'm concerned for John Morant long-term. Yeah. But in the same sentence, I think he could end up being the best player out of this group if he does remain healthy because his athleticism is just so incredible. So incredible. It is. He's got to become a better on-ball defender for me. That yep. he, There's no excuse for me. He's so athletic. Uh, he has. He's so gifted in terms of his physical abilities. He should be a lockdown on-ball defender, yep. but he is not there yet. But if I have to choose one guy on this list, it's going to be Luka Doncic. Unfortunately, my Kings had an option to pick him up. And yeah, it does sting because this guy is absolutely incredible. He's only 23 years old. He continues to get better and better. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for Luka Doncic. And the difference to me between Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic is Luka's had basically no help. Right, like, for the most part, he's been yeah. through a couple different yeah. coaches now. He's had Porzingis in and out of the lineup yeah. due to health. They mess with the roster this year. They end up winning their first playoff series since they won the title back in 2011. Jason Tatum, I feel like, has a lot more help on that team. He's got Jalen Brown. He's got Marcus Smart. Al Horford's been stepping up. Um, so, I think Luka Doncic is the right answer for me. Um, but like I said, there's no wrong answer here, and I think they're all incredible players that are all going to have a very, very bright future. 
Uh, yeah, I love Devin Booker too. I, right, yeah. I realize he's the, the only person that we literally have not mentioned in this whole conversation. I, I think he's a fantastic player, and I'd love to have him on my team. So yeah, yeah, I agree as well. Um, I think the sky's the limit for Devin Booker. I'm just if I'm starting out my franchise, I'm going to choose a guy that has the ball in his hands a little bit more, and that's why yeah. for me it's it's uh, Luka Doncic. Jason Tatum has the ball a lot. Uh, John Morant has the ball a lot. Devin Booker is a different type of player. Obviously, when you play with a guy like CP3, he has the ball the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want my superstar to have the ball all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think all of these guys, you can put the ball in their hands you know, per- pretty much at will. Jason Tatum, to me, a, lo- a lot of people, especially after this postseason, are starting to compare him to Kevin Durant saying he's the next Kevin Durant. I see him more as the next Scottie Pippen. Like Durant has always been a phenomenal scorer, but you've know he's a good defender too. Mm-hmm. But Jason Tatum to me has the Scottie Pippen on-ball defensive ability, the point forward ability, um the, just the length, the wingspan. He's got all of those intangibles, uh not to mention the all the skill in the world. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's he's incredible. He's my guy. I like I I think he's going to be um, you know, the face of the league. I, we said that we had that conversation, you know, a couple of weeks ago on this show. Yeah, I was I was watching another YouTube stream a couple days ago with a a guy that does live streams during the games. He's a Bucks fan, he's a huge Giannis fan, and we were kind of discussing a little bit about who's going to be a better player in a few years, whether it's Giannis or Jason Tatum. He didn't even want to listen to the Jason Tatum thing at all. He's like, they're not even comparable, blah, blah, blah. Giannis has got MVPs. He won a championship, all this. And I'm trying to point out to him, Giannis has been in the league for nine years. Mm-hmm. This is only Jason Tatum's fifth year in the NBA. Yeah. The dude is is getting better every single season. He's incredible. I, I don't think he's reached his prime yet, but you mentioned it earlier. We're getting some little tiny insights into what his prime could potentially look like. I like the Scottie Pippen comparison, um, but it's really hard for me to find the guy that this guy really compares to because he reminds me of oh, yeah, he's Kobe Bryant on yeah, offense. Yeah, and uh, he's you know, a mix of a lot of ga- a lot of different. Yeah, players. somebody as else we're seeing on with a lot of these young yeah. players, you know, who have been watching all of these guys play for for the, their entire lives, right? Yeah, very, very uh, lucky for these four franchises to have these guys to build around and. You know, congratulations to the fan bases. Uh, the exciting thing about this is that all four of these guys were drafted to the teams they're still on, and they were able to mm-hmm. re-sign. Not all these teams are, are big market teams, so it does give hope uh, for balance in the NBA for small market teams to draft and retain players. And uh, it's exciting to see all four of these teams left in the finals Uh Maybe we're at the end of the superstar, super team era. I'm not quite sure. But uh, it's exciting to watch these teams, that's for sure. All right, Calvin, let's talk about today's games. Um, we got about 30 minutes or so before the games kick off today. First game, it's a big one. Boston faces Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, this is an elimination game. Milwaukee is up 3-2. Uh, not sure if we're going to see Giannis uh, bleeding again in this game. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Hopefully not as much as he was in the previous game because that was absolutely crazy. Milwaukee's favored by one and a half in this game. Robert Williams is officially out for the Boston Celtics. Chris Middleton is out for the Bucks. remains out. What are your thoughts on this game? This is going to be a gr- another great game. This series has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, I, I think it's another close game. I am going to pick Milwaukee. I mean, I picked them to win this series in six games. They're at home. I picked them to repeat as champs. So Giannis and Drew Holiday, it's time for them to carry them, you know, to the finish line, so to speak, here. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, I think this game really comes down to, you know, we saw in, in game five, it was basically Tatum and Brown versus Antetokounmpo and Holiday. Mm-hmm. So which if it comes down to that, it's basically a toss up of which team stars played better. But I think what it really comes down to is which team is going to get 
contributions from their role players. Is Pat Connaughton going to have another 11 to 15 point game off the bench? Bobby Portis playing big for Milwaukee as well. And for Boston, they need somebody like Grant Williams, who had a great game three or two, I think it was. Um, when he hit all those threes, he was like six of nine from three. They need a performance like that from one of those types of players, Al Horford, Grant Williams, um, somebody like a Derek White off the bench. It, it's which extra contributions are they going to get? That's going to be the difference in a close, close game. Progressive G, I was just thinking that Tatum is like McGrady. He looks like him on, on offense. offense yes. Offensive end of the floor, yes. Um, yeah, it's just the length. The way that he moves, like yeah. he can do everything on the court. Uh, amazing player. Calvin, I got a different take on this game. Um, I feel like elimination games are all on the stars. I think Jason Tatum needs to be that guy. He needs to have an absolute huge game here. He needs to take over. If the Boston Celtics are going to push this to game seven, Jason Tatum needs to take over this game, and he needs to show exactly what you were talking about earlier, that he is going to be the face of the league, and he is going to be the next superstar. So I would look uh, look for that. And then as far as Milwaukee goes, it's the same thing. Giannis needs to prove that he's Giannis still. <clears throat> Not that he hasn't, but I'm just saying elimination games are where the stars step up. I expect either Giannis or Jason Tatum. They could both have amazing games. But I think, oh, I think they one are of, both going to have really good games. I think one of those guys needs to take over the game and will their team to a victory. You mentioned close games, which I think this will be. It's all up to the superstars, what they do with the ball, how they manage the final possessions of the game, the final few minutes of the game. Uh, so I'm really looking to that matchup between Tatum and Antetokounmpo. Who takes over the game? Who wills their team to victory? For sure. For sure. Foul trouble, I think, is going to play a big role in this game. Free throws. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I come back to but every game that Boston has won in this series. They've won it with Tatum and Brown playing well, yes. But they also shot the ball well from outside. Milwaukee's going to give them those open looks from three. They're going to uh, crowd the paint, try to take away shots at the rim. Boston is going to have to find... On the road, they're going to have to find that extra person who's going to knock that, just like we were talking about for Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. They need an extra contribution from one of these guys from the three-point line specifically. Yeah, and I, I think those guys like Grant Williams and stuff, what they need to do is they need to do what they did a few games ago, and that's stand in the lane and get fouls on Giannis. Yeah. Draw charges, make things difficult. We saw Giannis on the ground pretty much the whole game just a few games right. ago when Boston dominates. They need to do something similar. And then uh, it just comes down to whether Giannis can step up to the moment and take over. Who do you have winning this game? I got Milwaukee. At home. At home. Picked them in six before the – well, against Brooklyn, but still before the postseason started, sticking with my pick. I think that's a great pick. Uh, I want to choose that as well, but I'm going to go Boston. Here we go. I think they're going to get Giannis in foul trouble. I think they're going to make things difficult on him. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking for Jason Tatum to take over the fourth quarter and uh, close this this game out and force a game Boston seven Boston has had an Boston. issue all season long with giving up leads. We saw it in game five, they mm -hmm. had four, a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, and Milwaukee came back to win. Uh, I, I'm not saying that the same thing is going to happen here. I think this will be a pretty close game the whole way through, but I, I will take Milwaukee by five in this game. Okay. I'm not, I'm not picking how many points, but I got Boston winning this game. And I think Marcus Smart is absolutely disgusted with his performance at the end of the last game. I expect him to have a big performance today as well. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you here. Welcome in. Welcome in. We're just giving some previews uh, on today's games before we jump into Q&A. Uh, next game today on the schedule, Memphis heads back to Golden State to potentially force a Game 7. Uh, the Warriors are up 3-2 to two in this series. They are favored in this game by 8 points. So I can't believe it's by that much. John Morant's still out. Um... And Andre Iguodala is out. Otto Porter still listed as day-to-day. -day. Uh, we probably won't 
figure out what's going on with him for a couple more hours here. Calvin, I know you've been rooting for Memphis all year long. Is it coming to an end here? It's coming to an end. I got the the jersey curse on for Memphis. Um, I think, look, Golden State is uh, they're the better team, in my opinion, even though I love Memphis as a team. Without John Morant, th- this Warriors team is better. They've had a couple of really poor performances in a row. I, I'm betting on the fact that the Warriors are going to look like the Warriors again sooner than later. They're at home. Um, they're going to get a big boost from the home crowd. I think Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole all have good games tonight. They all shoot well. I expect Memphis to play well, too. Like, I, if I was betting, I would bet on Memphis to cover the spread in this game because eight points is a lot, even though they don't have Morant. Um, but uh, the Warriors are, are going to be too much in the end. Warriors by four. Bucks by five, Warriors by four. Okay. As much as I want to choose Memphis in this game, uh, because I, I think they do have a chance, and I would love to see this go to a game seven. I'm taking Golden State. They're at home. I think they're uh, they have a championship pedigree, a championship mentality. I expect them to close this game out, and I think they're going to cover the spread. I think Curry has a huge game at home. I think Clay Thompson shoots well in this game. Uh, I, I think this could potentially be a blowout at home for Golden State. We have seen this series be like that. It, it's either a completely one-sided affair or it's a, a an ugly, close game. Yeah. Nothing really in between. So, And don't get me wrong, I'd rather see an ugly, close game <laughs> than a blowout. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I don't know, for some reason I'm, I'm feeling Golden State is upset that they're even in this position. Uh, and I think they close it out at home. Yeah, I'm not sure if Kerr is going to be there. I don't think they can afford to let this go back to Memphis for yes. Game Seven. So this is a hundred percent a must win. This win, hundred percent a must win for Golden State. Is Kerr back yet? Or are we still rocking with? Uh, they're still borrowing the Kings head coach yeah. and Mike Brown. <laughs> I'm not sure. I I haven't heard that he will be back on the sidelines. I feel like that would be a, a pretty big story um so I, I would expect to see mike brown but uh, i'm i'm not 100% sure if the warriors do indeed lose this game what does that mean for mike brown it means he's coaching in a game 7 okay uh, i thought i'd get a little bit more out of you there nah no I, all everybody in sacramento is going to you know riot if the warriors end up losing this series and Mike Brown is is the coach that loses in Game Seven, but it's a different team, a, a different situation. Progressive G says I can't stand Golden State. Let's go Grizzlies. Uh, so, are you mad at Mike Brown if if Golden State loses this series? I know a lot of Kings fans after he lost that other game are like, "Oh my God, this guy's our head coach. He can't even win with these guys." Blah blah blah. Talk about an overreaction. An incredible uh, overreaction. I'm excited. The, the Kings should feel really lucky that they're getting a guy who is in coaching in the right. playoffs right, right now. Like, you know. <laughs> Best experience you could get. It's a different team, different situation. You got to let things play out. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to all that. Uh, I think it's time to open it up to Q&A. If you guys have any questions. Uh, any topics, any subjects you'd like us to cover here before we end the show, please drop it here in the chat. Also want to remind you guys again, Tuesday, NBA Draft Lottery. A huge day, day. and a really big day for your Sacramento Kings. We're going to be live on Royal Rebounds after this stream, doing a full-on party. We're going to have some cold beverages. Calvin's going to be DJing. We're going to be watching the draft with you guys or the lottery with you guys. And uh, hopefully the Kings can land a top three pick. Uh, I got a pretty good feeling about it, Calvin. We will see. We will see. We will see. All right, you guys got any questions for us before we wrap up the show here? I'm just going to read a couple comments uh, from the past here. The Sixers have become the early 2000 Kings. A lot of talent, but a lot of bad luck also. Yeah, and and fit is a question for them. They haven't played much together. 
just too many moving pieces for the Sixers for me. I think Chris Paul might be mentally affected by that Mavs fan who went after his mom and wife. Not sure if he really went after them. I don't really know. All I heard was he was tapping her repeatedly while he was drunk and saying Happy Mother's Day. Definitely annoying, but I don't know if he went after them. And if Chris Paul is really mentally affected by that, he's not the guy that I know because there's so many things in this world that can affect you mentally, but you still got to do your job. And his job is to win basketball games. Embiid isn't to blame, in my opinion. He should have been MVP. Yeah, he had a good uh, a good season. I just can't stand how Golden State destroyed the league with their three-point circus basketball. I have no comment for that one. <clears throat> I guess you're not a fan of the Harm- <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, Golden State was not the only team um, that did that. I mean, look the, at Houston. The Warriors play a beautiful brand of basketball. Look at they, they have maybe the most unselfish superstars of all time. They share the ball really well. Yeah, they, they shoot a lot of threes, um, and for good reason. But they also play great team defense. Like they, they play a very, very beautiful style of basketball. Beautiful if you're wearing a Golden State Warriors jersey. W- whether you not wear, beautiful wear if you're the jersey playing or against not. Them. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's kind of crazy to not appreciate the Golden State Warriors, like they're they're one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, it was it was very exciting to watch. Uh, Draymond Green still pisses me off, though. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the, all great teams, you know, have they're they're hated from the outside for a lot of reasons. Yep. Teams that win all the time, people don't like them, um, unless you're a fan of that team. Uh, you know, Draymond Green is a polarizing player. Dennis Rodman was a polarizing player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I understand why people dislike them. Or, but I just f- feel like as a basketball fan, you you have to appreciate the style of basketball they play because they do it so so well, and it's so team oriented, um, and they they do it on both sides of the ball. Yep, I agree. What is Tyrese Maxey's ceiling? Oh, it's high. I mean, per, perennial all-star. Like, three-point shooting uh, was one of the biggest weaknesses or question marks in his game, I think, coming out of college. And he took, uh, like, three or four huge steps forward this year. Shot 43% from three. He's a blur in the open court. A great transition player. I love his game. I, I thought the the Sixers were incredibly lucky to have him fall to them at 21 um, I think his ceiling is a perennial all-star in this league. Yeah, I think they found their point guard. Uh, I th- I expect him to be there for the next 10 years and make a couple all-star teams as well. I uh, I think he's a great player. And, man, just to think about that, f- fell to 21 and they, they picked him up. The rich just keep getting richer, huh, when they are able to get these guys late. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's true. That is very true. Tatum is like McGrady. We talked about that already. Oh, best line I heard. The Sixers traded Ben Simmons, who couldn't shoot, for James Harden, who wouldn't shoot. Yeah. Shout out to Ivan. What's up, dude? I didn't see you earlier. Glad you were here to join us. All right, guys. Any other questions here before we uh, close out the show? We appreciate you all for joining us. Uh, you know, we know it takes time out of your day. There's all these different distractions in the world and you have a million different things to occupy yourself with. So we appreciate you guys spending time with us here uh, at basketball at the bar. We're going to continue to be putting out awesome content, even into the off season. We're going to do some NBA 2k stuff. We're going to do draft stuff. We're going to do uh, team rebuilds. Uh, there is going to be a lot of basketball content coming out from us. So make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you get notified every time we put out a new video. We might not be live during every single uh, video we post this summer. So you need to hit that notification bell so you do get notified when we are live and when we put out a new video. 
Yeah, Key Kings, the, the 2K rebuilds are fun. Uh, we're going to continue to do it. Um, we're going to do one for hopefully every single team. I know that's going to take a lot of time, but uh, we enjoy doing that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, we will definitely put out as much of that content as we can. All right, guys, we're going to close it up. Thank you guys so much for yeah, joining thank us. thank you very much. We really appreciate you all, all your comments, all your questions, everything else. We, we love it all, so keep it coming. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend full of basketball, uh, and we will be back on Monday on this channel. And also, don't forget, I'm going to say it one more time, Tuesday, Royal Rebounds. Huge day for the NBA, huge day for the Sacramento Kings. So make sure you guys join us for that. Thank you guys so much for watching. Anything you'd like to say before we close out, Calvin? Make sure you you do your laundry, get your lucky socks ready for Tuesday, whatever it is, all your superstitions, get them all lined up so the Kings can land a top three pick. Yeah, we need Dan Gilbert's son. If you guys see Dan (laughs) Gilbert's son, we need to find him. We need to send him to the draft lottery for Sacramento. Let's get the number one pick. Thank you guys for watching. Have a wonderful day, and don't forget to tip your bartender.